What's up, second cousins? Your boy Kyle here. Happy to be joined by that man, Skinny, to discuss a little bit of where the magic are now and a little trade deadline hypothetical. Where do we go? So, Skinny, I'm going to jump right into it and then I'm going to ask for your take, sir. Well, the Magic are currently sitting at 22 and 19, but we're trending in the wrong direction, right? Three and seven in our last 10. We have had a nine game win streak earlier in the year, so we know that this team can get hot. Right now, we're currently eighth in the East, three games back from fourth place, though, so it's tight. But on the other side, four and a half games ahead of 10th. So only five games out of playing contention. You know, the big, I, I, I got I to gotta mention it. I'm sorry, everybody, but we got more injuries than a senior citizen pickleball team right now. All right. We're, <laughs> we're, we're the ninth most injured team, Skinny. It's not as bad as it has been with 115 games. I looked this up. I was just curious. Last year, we were the third most injured team. We lost 299 games. The year before, we were number one, baby. 411 games missed. And this is interesting. That's $47 million sitting on the sideline for one year with those games missed. Wow. <laughs> who who was like the second closest in those years? Was anybody even close to us? Um, I don't have that in front of me. I can look it up in a second. But I think this year is the Grizzlies because of Ja. And the the uh, Warriors are high as well this year, so we're we're doing better. Hey, ninth, we're that's improvement, right? First to third to ninth most injured team, but it still feels like a lot to me, Skinny. I, you know, I'd had some venting on a recap I did solo a little while ago, and then again with Peach on episode fifty nine. Go check it out. But this seems like a predictable problem that we're having you know we've got some guys who get injured I'm just looking at our players who've been injured Markel has missed 31 games that's my man right there last year I had to go down that was the jersey I was gonna get you know that's my dude I thought point guard for good period put it put it in stone he's been nicked up was last year too Wendell Carter Jr. 26 games J.I. we all know that saga 15 games Gary Harris 14 Joe Ingles, 13. Franz now with seven, which is a little worrisome for me, Skinny, because he's normally Iron Man. Like, he'll roll an ankle bad, and you're like, damn. And then the next day, he's just back on the court. So, you know, that's a little frustrating for me. I I think as I've been trying to step back a little bit from the emotion, not let the heart think, let the brain think a little bit more, rationalize, I have to calm down, take a breath, because – at the beginning of this year, I was thinking we we're going to be a couple games above 500, and that would be a really good season. 42 and 40, 43 and 39, something like that. And we're on target for that. I guess it just feels a little disappointing because of that nine-game win streak and how well we've seen the team play early on when we were pretty much healthy, minus Markel, really haven't had him all year. But how are you feeling right now with the state of the Orlando Magic? What's what's your barometer at, sir? Whoa, that was a beautiful, gave you a beautiful lot way to. Yeah, you gave me a lot there, man. But you really, you really hit it on the head. I mean, I think the point that I've reached with this team is watching them. Um, Paolo 
and Franz, obviously when Franz is healthy, have shown me nothing else other than the fact that they can lead a team to a playoff contention. Um, When they had just guys available, honestly, guys at their disposal to come into the lineup, they were holding that four seed. Um, Obviously, when you have a lot of injuries, man, you have to dig really, really, really deep into that bench. Like guys that weren't even sniffing minutes last year are playing 30 minutes a game, Chumo Kiki. Um, And it's it's great to see guys like that step up. But uh, I'm at the point where coming up to this deadline, man, I really feel like if the front office fails to make a move to get these guys in the position to guarantee that they can maximize what the season is, It's a, that's not a good deadline. Mm. That wouldn't be a good deadline for me. You know, trading away a guy for just picks, you know, second round picks or something. You need to bring in guys that are available to help Paulo and Franz. Uh, Paulo's played every single game this year, right? 41 out of 41? Yes, I believe so. Uh, I don't think he's, he's not on this list. Yeah. So, yes, he hasn't missed a game. I mean, and the guys going out there, closing, closing down the fourth quarters, clutch shots when you need them. Uh, facing triple and double teams, everybody's scouting for him. But he just doesn't have the the adequate help. And, you know, we love guys here in Orlando. Um, I think sometimes when you talk about certain players, you have to say, you know, that you love them, that you root for them. But we're talking basketball. And guys have to be available. Um, it's as simple as that, man. So, um Yeah, but ain't I nothing think, wrong with that. They're they're making good money. I mean, I don't I, we don't need to worry about feelings all the time. Exactly. You know, money, <laughs> money, money helps a little bit. They're good, uh, man. They got a great life. I mean, they on the surface, at least, you know, we all have problems no matter how much money you got, but like, it's no shot at anyone individually, but damn, man. Like, like you said, we just need bodies around Paulo. You're, you're right. Like silver lining. Paulo is, should be an all-star this year. And Absolutely. for me, I think he's, cementing or maybe even cemented himself as the number one guy. I mean, Franz can shut me up when he comes back, but damn, you know, we had fourth quarter Franz fourth quarter likes the boogie, but Paulo's something, man. Like he definitely has another gear and I don't think that's the worst thing to have somewhat of a pecking order, at least on a team. It's good to know who our guy is and we can do Batman and Batman. That's fine. But that is the silver lining for me that Paulo has dragged this team at yeah. times to victories and made the leap faster than I thought uh, he could already probably hopefully being an all-star this year as he's going to get – he'll get like voted in by the coaches, I hope, or some of those injury spots. I don't know, but he should be on the floor there. But just like you said, just just bodies, that's all – I think Magic fans are asking for right now. The the number the list I'm looking the season injury list would be even worse. But they have Kevon Harris listed as two games. I don't know what's going on with that. He's listed always as did not play. Coach's decision, but he's been injured, so it's it's yeah. even worse. He's come he's come back and and played in the G League. I actually just got done watching that oh, really? game. Okay. Yeah, shout out to the G League, Osceola Magic. They just scored a franchise record points. I think they put up 154. Jet Howard, our rook, 32 points. Okay. So coming into the season, um, you can find it on my Twitter. I had Paulo coming into this year being able to put up. Like that December Paulo that we saw was a Paulo I knew was possible. 
I think obviously he's gotten to the line noticeably less than he did last year. He was at like eight and a half free throw attempts. I think he's back up in the top 10, but he's at like 6.3 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, if this guy can hit two threes a game and get to the free throw line at the rate that he does, he's easily a 25 point per game guy. For uh, sure. I mean, and look at it now. And I think the reason why I say what I said about the front office, if they sit on their hands this this trade deadline, that's on them. Because you are seeing, he's showing you everything. He's showing yeah. you everything. I'm available. I can hoop. I want to hoop against the best of the best. Get him some yeah. help. Maximize what he can do this year. And the next year, that's when you take the big jump. I'm not on the, we'll talk about that later. But Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's definitely proof of concept, which I think is why this trade deadline and is bringing so much attention in the Magic community. We've seen what can happen. We have to get inside the head of the front office and understand what they're going to do, Skinny. Looking at what they did in Milwaukee, it was a lot of what we've already seen. They had to, they tried to get the diamond in the rough, which they did. They got Chris Middleton as a distressed asset from, I believe, Detroit, which they've already tried to do here. They tried it with RJ Hampton. They tried it with Bull Bull. Is there anyone else I'm missing? I'm not sure. But that hasn't really worked out. So now is kind of the next phase where – Fans are saying, okay, we, we tried to get a diamond in the rough. Didn't really work out. We've got Paulo. He's playing well. This team is could be ready if there were some guys available. Are they going to be patient? They were really patient in Milwaukee. They didn't really make big moves until Giannis was on his second contract. And, you know, that there might not be anything wrong in this situation to do the same thing. Um, are they going to just hold over and wait till they at least have, you know, because Franz and uh, Jalen Suggs are up for extensions this summer. Maybe they're thinking, or should Magic fans be thinking about unrestricted free agency or restricted free agency instead? Right now on the 2024-25 season books, there are 11 players under contract for the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Isaac and Caleb Houston are non-guaranteed contracts. Joe Ingles is a team option. So there could be eight players on the roster next year if you wanted that maximum salary flexibility. Cole Anthony, Paulo, Wendell, Jalen, uh, Moritz, Anthony Black, Franz Wagner, and Jet Howard, who is in the G League, as you said. So <laughs> there, there is an opportunity. The reason I bring that up is there is an opportunity to do big things in yeah. free agency if you want and if you feel like the guy that you want is there, you can do it. The only thing is, though, second cousins, there's not a lot in the 2024 free agent class. I was just skimming through it before we got on, Skinny. The um, unrestricted or restricted free agents, Clay, James Harden, like Clay's had a horrible season. James Harden's not going anywhere. Kyle yeah. Lowry. Fuck no, we don't want him. Keep no, hell no, we don't want Kyle Lowry. Mike Connolly, I would love, but he's at the end of his career. He wants to be on a winner. Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe, I guess. D'Angelo okay. Russell, no, no like, sir. no, no sir. thank you. So you know, those are guys at the top of the list. Um, Tyus Jones is another one who comes up a lot in Magic circles, um, but I think that's why there's so much chatter for a trade, Charles. Because if we just focus on, you know, it seems like just focusing on internal development 
and you know getting Franz and Jalen's extensions and keeping it moving, maybe that is the rational and calm and patient thing to do and let these guys grow into it. Maybe I'm being a little fan reactive, but looking at you know some of the free agents and like you said, we're ready to move. Paulo's ready to move. Don't we have to do something? And you, and you look at what the Pacers did by getting Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I think sometimes that's what you have to do as a small market team. If they just gave up three first-round picks and he saw, he's an uh, unrestricted free agent, they have his bird rights now, if he leaves, that would be epic collapse, epic tragedy. They have to have some type of tampered agreement or and tacit agreement, which would be considered tampering, I think, um, that he's going to come back, that he's very interested and he's going to come back. And that's kind of – it's a gamble for them, but I think it's a big move. They see a guy that can kind of perfect their team and work well with their team, and because they know they're a small market, they may not be able to compete with some of the shinier, glitzier, glamier, they get that guy in the door on a trade – impress him get him into the culture get him bought in and then you're more likely to get that contract done do the magic have to do something like that it sounds like you're leaning towards you want to see them make a move but how big of a move do you want to see skinny are you talking like rotational dude or are you looking for the piece now what kind of guys are you thinking simply talking about a, a an available or multiple available guys that play big rotational minutes Okay. Key rotational minutes here. I'm looking for. Obviously, I love what Markel Fultz has done um, throughout his tenure here. But like you said, it seems like year after year, even as good as we started off, we're 22 and 19 now. There was a point where we were like seven or eight games above 500. Obviously, some of that was due to the win streak. But a lot of this believing in the second half, just you know, flame on and just catching fire. Everyone's healthy. It's tough because it's the second half of the season, everyone's reloading. Everyone's getting better. Like, you look at Pascal. He just – with that trade, he moved up five spots in the Eastern Conference. Now he's <laughs> on the seven He's on a seven-seed team with one yep. of the best young point guards in the league. And you talk about a little bit of the tampering. I mean, he has already uh, talked about how much he loved Miles Turner. He's He yeah. felt like that's the perfect stretch five to play next to him. So Indiana's gone out. And like I said, I don't think that's the type of move we need to make yet. They're, I okay. feel like they're on a, a little bit of a different timeline. Halley's right. already been an all-star. He's kind yes. of – he's pretty much an all-NBA guy already. You yeah, know he got I his mean? second contract, so he's like two or three – two years ahead of Paolo. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, he's like he he's in Cole Anthony's draft. So if Cole Anthony was that guy for us, then sure. You know, that would sure, be our yeah, – yeah. we would be on that timeline. But I think more of a move that just solidifies, like I said um, – a guy that can get Paolo and Franz in their spots, and you let the point forward part of them be the the you know the cool aspect of their game that you get sometimes, but you want to focus on getting these guys in their spots, letting Franz show off the fact that he's a six ten like just damaging cutter, mm. letting Paolo bully guys in the low post, guys that are actually going to feed him on the mismatches. We're not you know just missing just. And also just being available. Like I said, that's mainly yeah. the important thing. I think Jonathan Isaac is the touchy one, though. Right. I think I'm still keeping that 17 million just because it's worth it if he some his legs somehow miraculously get right and he can stay on the court for extended periods of time because he's got all defensive talent. And yeah. so you're not willing to like give up that skill set 
Whereas a Markel Fultz, who I love and is tremendous, there are other you know guards, while not as damaging with the ball in their hands in terms of getting to the paint, they are better shot. Cre- they have better shot creation, better shooting. So therefore, like that skill set balances a little bit. There's not that same replacement player of Jonathan Isaac. There aren't that many yeah. Ji yeah. builds out there that and, can like and- block Giannis twice. <laughs> I say that, and I agree with the the Markel Fultz, but it's really not even a skill thing. Like, Markel Fultz is probably top three most like skilled mm-hmm. basketball players, like naturally skilled basketball players I have ever laid my laid my eyes on. Him and Jonathan Isaac, respectively, on Jonathan Isaac as a defender, but like Markel Fultz, you saw what he was in college. But even now, with all the hindrance with his shoulder, his knee, this and that, the dude's a freak athlete. Yeah. Like he he is one of the smoothest basketball players I've ever seen his mind the way he just cuts around the basketball court he knows what he's doing it has nothing to do with the skill but these guys these other guys that you look at you want to trade for they're just available that's yeah. what it is so now Markel's definitely making art out there but it's it's tough when you're passing up open shots because he's I believe it's his uh thoracic outlet syndrome the nerve issue that yeah. he's having that's flaring up but you know that could go that could go down too like but again, if it's going to be up and down, do you want to risk having it flare up when you're making a playoff run? You know, and then a guy that you depended on is no longer there. So, if if skinny, your mindset is let me get some guys who can give me healthy minutes. Then I might say, well, we I think we can get that in the off season. I don't know if we can get a big contributor guy in the offseason but there are some others uh, that are on this list that would be rotational guys and and here here are the names the sexiest one's going to be buddy healed um and that could be expensive too he's making 23 million right now he'll probably make be making more than that as the salary cap is going up because he's had a damn good year he's a 40 percent i think three-point shooter he's still 31 he's going to get a nice next lucrative contract um but another guy, Gary Trent Jr. It didn't seem like the Raptors were so hot on him. I think it was he opted into his player option. I think a lot of people thought that he was going to opt out and go test unrestricted free agency last year, but he did not. And so he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. That's a guy, he's making $17 million a year. Like I think that you can probably get him again for something like that. He's 25. Um Tyus Jones is an unrestricted free agent. He's definitely going to want to get out of Dodge with the Washington Wizards. They, they're they at the bottom of the league. But don't you think he's going to be having some suitors? One of the lowest turnover point guards in the league, making $14 million. Do you want to overpay for a situation like that? Malik Monk is an unrestricted free agent. Um, although Sacramento, again, all these teams I'm mentioning have their bird rights or their early bird rights, so they can give an additional year. Um the max money won't play into it, but they could give an additional year, which might move the needle with some of these guys. Um, Grayson Allen, unrestricted free agent. Does he want to compete? He's 28, or does he want to get paid? He's only making $9 million this year. Is that an asshole that you would want on your team? Not me, not a dude that stomps on other man's nutsacks. No, thank you. You can keep Grayson Allen out the hell out of I here. I absolutely hate that guy. Yeah, he is. he's been a dirtbag ever since he was back at Duke. Um, you know, other guys, Monte Morris – very stable point guard. He he could give you minutes. So if you're just looking for 
I say all that to say if you're just looking for rotational guys, then the front office might just say, let's just play this out. It's fine. We're we're where we wanted and expected to be at the beginning of the season. In the playoff playing hunt, we have the earliest, according to Tank- Tankathon, the easiest, I'm sorry, schedule in the second, you know, half of the of the year. So a lot of games against Charlotte and Detroit and San Antonio coming up. Um, we could get some wins if we get healthy, because that's a big if, right? That's that's the biggest thing. It's we yeah. just want some bodies. Um and I don't know what what what's gonna happen. I, I wrote a I wrote a I wrote a piece about some other guys, but I want to hear your thoughts though on, on some of those names. Would you want to just kind of wait, or would you want to make a trade to get them in the building early? Because hypothetically, all those guys would be most of those guys if their teams aren't heavily considering resigning them would be available for maybe some second round picks, match the yeah. money stuff like that. Um, I just don't, I, I don't know, man. It, it seems like it's a real, uh, seller's market right now because of the play in. There's so many teams that think they can compete. I'm just worried the price of some of these players at the trade deadline might be higher than we, we would want to fork over. Okay. I can see that. I can, yeah, I feel like some guys, um, they may kind of, draw some of these like absurd asking prices like we've seen some names get dangled out there and they're like oh we want three first round picks for this guy yeah uh, i don't i don't see like um like picking up a guy like tyus mm-hmm. that would be nice but he's also going to be a unrestricted free agent this offseason right correct and he's, he's making 14 mil i think uh the point you made about getting these guys in early that's something that that kind of makes me think more towards the magic would make them if they're going to make that move and they feel like they need to they do it at the deadline because Mo's harped on uh, when they came back from the offseason, just being able to pick right back up, speaking the same language. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Having those guys from last year. Um, and then what they did outsource from was obviously the draft and then Joe Ingles shifting towards like, you know, bringing in like more veteran guys. So guys that fit the timeline. I mean, I think Tyus fits like the bridge gap kind of timeline. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of these moves that we're going to make at this deadline, if we were to make them, are here past three years or so. You know what I mean? Once this team is truly, truly contending, they're up there in that one to two seed every year. Um, some of these guys won't even be here, but just the guys that make sure this team competes the way they should. Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting like, That's an interesting yeah. mindset. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you just really made me think. I, and I'm curious what you think, Second Cousins. Let us know in the comments. What is your point of view what's kind of your vision here because you're saying some of these guys you want to bring in it's maybe just a stopgap it's a bridge player just to put some some shooting some health around Paul to help him continue to reach his ceiling and Franz as well Um, but not really thinking I'm trying to make the move that I keep that player for long term so that's an interesting – where are you, Magic fans? Are you thinking at this trade deadline line you're trying to pick up someone who is growing and maturing with this team? Or are you trying to pick up someone who is a healthy body and a good bridge player for Paulo and Franz's development? So that's an interesting question, Skinny. Yeah, like just, you know, kind of – because if you get – Okay, let's just uh, specifically say because right now we're having Jalen Suggs play 
point guard for us. Yeah. Jalen Suggs is running the one, and it's been tough on him. Yeah. But he has done everything else that you can ask for out of a combo guard in his, what, third year? He's yeah. shooting 40% from three, playing some of the best guard defense in the league. Not only do you unlock what Paolo and Franz do offensively, but you continue to let him be that deadly catch-and-shoot shooter that he's that Jalen Suggs has been all year. You know, mm-hmm. Jalen has been great from the corners, from the, from the wings, above the break. It doesn't matter. As long as you get him settled, get him set, he's going to let it fly. He's looked great. Paolo and Franz, just guys that a guy that can orchestrate that for them and just be available for them. Uh, the way Joe Ingles, you know, obviously he got hurt, but you saw what Joe Ingles did for the bench and mm-hmm. the just the unlocking of Cole Anthony truly being that shooting guard, that guy that can score. Mo Wagner being one of the most efficient scoring bigs in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows him to, you know, take a load off offensively because, you know, these guys aren't necessarily trying to create their own shots. So now they're playing a little bit more defense. Obviously, Cole still gets picked on. He's a he's a six one six two guard, but Mo's like what top five and taking charges. Um, so just genuinely having guys out there available for these guys to to play with, it makes it opens up other aspects of their game. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds more like you're looking for the bridge player right now. So I'm thinking, you know, let's see though. Corey Kispert is coming yep. in like he's a shooter. I did a, a piece over on Orlando Magic Daily. Check it out, everyone, where I kind of ran down shooters because there have been some historically bad nights this year for shooting. I know we set our franchise record. Oh, my God, two overtimes. I think that's bullshit, by the way. You should – if the game goes into multiple overtimes, you can't be it able to score down. like – you can't achieve scoring records. You know, it's uh, – of course. Yeah, you scored more points than you do in a regular game because it was a double overtime game. Yeah, duh. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> non sequitur. Um, but yeah, I, I so I did the article looking for shooting. Guys I came up with that weren't splashy but were just dudes. Hopefully, uh, well, Luke Kennard's not healthy, but a shooter. Corey Kisper, Boyang Bogdanovich, who's a ninth-year player. He's older, definitely like a stopgap type of dude. Um, Mal- see, Malcolm Brogdon's on this list, but this is what we're talking about with a seller's market because there are going to be tons of suitors for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. He does everything that Joe Ingles does on the offensive floor. He is calm. He's going to get you into your offensive sets. He's going to put guys in the right position. That's ideal. You'd love to have a guy like that. But he's going to plug up that injury report too. He might. He Brog- might. Brogdon. Brogdon is a. He's a stickler on that uh, injury report, man. So that's th- that's, that's his only Nick. Yeah. For a team like us, at least. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, you know, so do you really want to go for guys like that? I I love a guy that we saw in uh, Atlanta the other night, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I yes, I'm glad I'm glad you brought up that name because I keep forgetting about him and what Atlanta's got going on, especially after that heartbreaker. We won't. Mm. Won't say too much, man. That was a tough. We can't one to be lose. them, man. There's teams that like them, the Nets, man. Like we just never seem to game, play. Though. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah like you, you have to <laughs> gotta win that one. But um, no, Boyan Bogdan, he can shoot the lights out. He's a ninety yeah. percent free throw shooter right now, and we're a team that's missing ten free throws a game. Yeah, like it's it's all the little things, man. Uh, I love a guy like that. Bring guy in. He's a guy. Yeah, like you said, I think he's what like thirty one. Um, yeah. 
he he did sign a four-year deal i think he's in the first year so you'd have him up through 34 that's kind of like you know okay. the end of his career but that's like the right time that's the right timeline for you because that's when paulo would be signing his max yep. rookie extension so you can move that money off your books and it's not crazy it's only 17 million dollars with a club option in 26 27 so that that seems to be a good thing it's just the question is how much do you give up for these guys you know we have the leverage that the orlando magic have is the cap flexibility that i mentioned earlier only eight players under required or guaranteed contracts as i stated um 11 really most likely but it could be eight and all of our picks moving forward and denver's 2025 pick so i guess we're just hoping that Jokic gets fed up with basketball he's just like i want to go back to serbia and chill my horses and just like ride fucking horses and buggies around all the time like just go back Jokic. you've already done it we'll goat you man we'll just call you you can leave it's fine you know that's just what i'm praying for because i'll never pray for an injury but i'll pray for him to just want to spend time with his horses and his family by 2025 <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Orlando, we've got a stockpile of assets, though. I think 80 degrees, no state taxes. That's number one. That helps. But they've got eight first round picks, 12 second round picks. Uh, you look at a team like Toronto, they are literally, I mean, moved off OG, moved off Pascal. Yeah. Bring us the second round picks. We'll take them. Um, I think they've got one from what? New Orleans. I mean, like I said, you don't need to make those huge, huge moves now, but um, they're doing a good job of kind of giving themselves that flexibility. Like you said, the ability to cut the roster down to eight, and they could really go from there if they wanted to. But uh, the thing is, like the, these first round picks, like it was a, it was big news that Pascal got three first round picks in that. There was three first round picks in that trade. So, yeah. but. They're the Pacers' first-round picks. I think at least two of them, and then another one is another good team. So, they're, yeah, they're end of end of first-round guys. And so, at some point, and that's why there's so much hype. I think around this deadline, you gotta push the chips in, and that move is vitally important because if you don't bet on the right guy and you give up a couple first-round picks, let's say to get. The crown jewel, the the everyone's bow at the dance. Um, help me here. Uh, Anthony Simons from oh. Portland, yeah. who are an, an interesting. They're definitely one of the few sellers right now in this in this market. Um, you know, is that a guy that you believe in enough where you want to say, "Hey, here's thir- three first round picks, ours." Two of ours, one of the Nuggets. There you go. Um, Let's make the money work, and then have Anthony Simons come home. Like, absolutely, that move better work. Yeah, I feel you on that. You know, it's it's got to work. Um, because yeah, on the flip side, it doesn't make sense to try to. I don't think you're gonna find that guy who's gonna make be the difference maker with the picks that we're getting right now because they're gonna be like. 20 to 30 and people hit there definitely people hit there but it's more unlikely so that's why there's so much around this trade deadline i'm curious if people let us know in the comments do you want the front office to push the chips in 
this year? Is this the year where you're you want to go get a guy that grows with this team that you know is a part of this team? I can't think of anyone else besides Anthony Simons who could be quasi available and would be on this timeline. But, but I feel I like think Mikhail that's Bridges the is the name. Mikhail Bridges. Oh yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. But yes. I'm kind of weaning off of him. I mean, I think with the uh, like you talked about the salary cap going to increase. I yep. think there's a. I mean, he. But, I don't think it's a super crazy contract. Once we get Franz and Paulo under under contract, he's so good. Uh, he's so good. But the, is there too much skill duplicity with he Franz yes. and Paulo? Like. They're yes. all they yes. do different things, but they play the same position. So how do you get them all on the floor at the same time? I think Mikael Bridges is good enough to guard the two and probably play the two. And Franz has done that, so you, you probably could. And that is, whew, that yeah. is salacious. With, with literally just a point guard out there, like a Jameer, uh, uh, today's society, Jameer Nelson. Right. And I think that's that's really if they're if we're as we were kind of winding down this conversation right now, let us know who you think this is in the comments. I think that's kind of what Magic fans are really after. Um, is at least what I'm after is a guy to set it up because with Markel down and just his health so uncertain, um, who who can we have that that really sets the table? Um. Anthony Black is touted to be a point guard, but he hasn't really shown the on-ball dribbling and skill he, required in the NBA to be able to do that yet. I, I don't know. Do you get Tyus Jones? I don't watch a lot of him play, but is does he gonna? Could he be that guy? I I think he could. Yeah. I think he could be the bridge gap guy. But with AB, I'm not even. I don't think AB. Let me ask you. Do you think AB was supposed to play this season? Um, I thought at the beginning of the year, I was saying that I thought it crazy that he would even see the court with Markel. But I mean, maybe the front office think, knew something yeah. about how, what Markel was going through in the offseason. Maybe they had talked and stuff was flaring up early because he didn't look right even in the beginning of the year when he started to play. Yeah. There was something off. So maybe they knew something and they're just kind of trying to. But I did not think he was going to play, no. Yeah, and I. I see that side of it, but I also see the side of them being like, you know, Markel had played Woody Rat at all, 52 straight games after he came back from his injury last season. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac, we had Jonathan Isaac available at home opening night, first game of the year. Like they yeah. were healthy. I feel like they kind of brought these guys in and they're like, you know, well, Markel is healthy. We're good to go. Let's, let's ride this out. The rookie will get to watch him, but he's going to be developing for most of the year. Like, he he was not even sniffing. Uh, he wasn't even in the like start when they do the starting lineups. The guys are giving high fives. He's like <laughs> down at the end. But after the fifth game of the season, he's a starting point guard. Right. So I think for AB it was tough. I think a lot of this stuff it was kind of unpredictable. For well, I wouldn't say unpredictable with our with our history of injuries. But I think. They had a different yeah. outlook of it. That's the and problem. Like, That's why I'm so frustrated. It wasn't unpredictable, Skinny. It was so predictable. It, yeah, it, was. it was It was just in our faces. And fans talked about concerns with it going into the year. And it seems a little bit, I don't want to say incompetent because this front office has done a hell of a job. It just seems a little delusional. And that's what makes me worried that... I guess not worried. They're they're the professionals for a reason, but that 
what I'm after and what the front office are, is after are completely different. Like, I would not be surprised if the front office isn't even thinking about this trade deadline. They're just like, no, we got it. Like, fuck it. We don't care. We're, it's, we're doing fine. We'll maybe address a couple small things. If someone wants to take a Chuma OKK or a Gary Harris finally, okay. But you know, I wouldn't they be surprised, and that's what has me worried, Skinny. They got to get their annual cash consideration. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. CC is coming back for sure. For sure. I don't know, man. That's going to... That'll be one for the Magic fans to really debate about, y'all. Y'all tell us because that's yeah. gonna blow me, man. Like yeah. I said, not getting. I think somebody phrased it the, the perfect way. They said, "Not getting something that you're gonna see on the court this year would be a shame." February eighth, I believe, is the deadline. We just talked in a lot of different ways, brought up a lot of questions. Let us know what you're thinking and feeling in the comments about this trade deadline. I like all the questions. What do you? What is your vision versus what is the front office's vision for what we're looking for right now? What type of player would you want to bring in? Are you pushing chips in now or not? Are you doing the bridge move or the big splash? Let us know in the comments. Skinny, man. It's always great having you on. It's always great talking to you. Thank you so much for the insight, man. Thank you for the time. Appreciate you, homie. Catch you next time. Peace out, second cousins. 